What's up, everybody? I am super stoked for this episode. You have no idea. We have an amazing guest on today. Uh, Catalina from Catalina Gene Photography is going to talk to us about SEO. If SEO is something that you're confused about, don't even know where to start, or have some in-depth questions, uh, we really kind of run the gamut on this episode from what the heck SEO even is to actual techniques you can implement as soon as you're done with this episode um, to increase your ranking um, on Google. So highly recommend listening to the whole thing even a few times, taking notes, um, and I'll include some of the major links in the show notes below. A little bit about Catalina. She's an amazing photographer based out of Portland, Oregon. She's photographed all over the world from Mexico to England to the West Coast of California. Um, She's all over the place. Uh, She also has started a little company called SEO is Fun, which I'll include the link down below, where she essentially dives deep into SEO and offers people like us uh, opportunities to uh, increase our ranking and uh, learn more about uh, SEO as uh, concepts and and actually apply those things to our business. Um, She's also been named one of the 30 rising stars of wedding photography by Rangefinder Magazine. Not to mention the fact that she's been published in like every single wedding blog you could ever imagine. Um, I'm beyond stoked to have Catalina here. And so let's just get on with the episode. Here we go. Catalina Jean Photography and SEO. Are you from there originally? Pretty much. I'm from the Northwest. Uh, I was born in Idaho. I kind of spent my childhood in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. So it's it's definitely like built into my foundation as a person. So every time going to shoot, you know, like elopements at the Oregon coast and things like that, it's really nostalgic for me because those are some of my earliest memories is just never wearing shoes and looking at the sea creatures by Haystack Rock. And, and it's always fun to show people out of town just the kind of the wonderful parts of, of the Northwest. So it's been kind of a fun secondary. It's not just, you know, like shooting elopements in the PNW or whatnot. Um, yeah, for, for me, it's really fun to show people these amazing locations and, you know, and tell them about it just because I've been here for so long. That's awesome. That's rad. So you, you're in like everything you do, like education. I think even I saw something on your website about, uh, like a conference even attached to it. Um, is, is that right? So you're, you're also involved in that kind of stuff, which I guess is just education enlarged. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so, so in wedding photography, all this stuff. So tell us about your journey from like as far back as you want to start and just like how you got into wedding photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's definitely a long journey. You know, I've been shooting full time now for this is like my eighth full time season. So uh, I feel a little bit like the old fogey in the the world now that because when I do teach at conferences and workshops, and I love seeing it, but it's people that are 21, 22. Like I wish I was that sort of like awakened to like go out and start a business at that age. So it's really nice to see that. But yeah, I was kind of have a classic story in the beginning. Uh, in middle school, I, you know, we, we had those like digit or those, uh, disposable cameras that I just loved like taking photos with those, but I was the only one that would get them developed like on a disc <laughs> back when we had discs and sit and edit them on my like very first computer when I was 15. And I just, I didn't even ever associate that as being a career, but it just really 
interested me. I just had so much fun even in, in that. Um, and then I went traditionally into kind of the more like corporate world. I worked in human resources for about 10 years. Uh, I hated corporate life. <laughs> I swallowed it because it was definitely fed to me. And I think to a lot of us that that's like, oh, you're doing great. You know, you 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 get your 2.8% raise each year and maybe a promotion. Uh, but yeah, I just really, the environment felt very stagnating. I really wanted to just like do more. If I think I had worked in a company that was much more strategic or more innovative, then that would have made a lot of a difference. But I wasn't. I was I was um, more in the classic corporate world. Yeah. And then I just really didn't like it. I got my first like, I think like an old film camera from like Goodwill or something. And I started shooting. I hadn't shot for a lot uh, many years. I started shooting with that. Just those random stuff, you know, like cars and I don't know, scenery. And it was, it was really fun, but I felt like I kind of wanted to do more and I ended up getting a little nicer digital camera and shooting some headshots just for my office. And I liked that a lot. And I was like, that's weird. These are just headshots. Shot a couple families. Um, and then I started to really get this like kind of bug of just like, I really love, sh- I just, I love photographing people and I love photographing interaction and I, sh- my friend said, oh, "Hey, my sister's getting married. Uh, they have, they don't have any budget. Uh, do you? We know you shoot photos. Would you shoot their wedding?" And I, I shot it for like I think it was like fourteen hours of coverage. Like I just like stayed the whole day, and I was like, "This is amazing. I love the pressure. I love how creative you have to be in such a, a lot of times restrictive, you know, scenarios." And I quit my job, like two months later and never looked back. And those first few years were definitely, especially the first year, you know, kind of like living on Coop Cup of Noodle, just like, just trying to make this business work, posting ads on Craigslist that like my studio was opening up to weddings. Like I tried to sell like way more <laughs> like legit than I was. So that's, that's kind awesome. of like long story long, but uh, yeah. And even to this day, I find it, I have problems so I'm definitely, whether you're an astrology person or not, I definitely fulfill a lot of the roles of the Sagittarius that I am. We get bored very easily. And weddings, just to me, it's always something different. You know, every weekend is something different. I find it really fascinating. This like photojournalism mixed with like doing like this kind of fine art portraits. So, so yeah, that's kind of my, my journey with it. <laughs> that's, that's super fascinating. You, uh, when you were getting started, did you have like, like a mentor or like, did you like quickly get connected to like a network of other people? Like, or did you just like grind it out and make it on your own? Yeah, I had moved. um, So when I quit my job, I moved back to Portland. I was spending those a few years in LA. uh, And I really didn't know anyone anymore. It'd been some years before I had been here. So yeah, I don't think I met, I had my first photography friend. Like I didn't know any wedding photographers for like two years, just no one. all I knew was like Jasmine Starr or some of these, you know, more like YouTube teachers. And then I had a friend invite me to a photography workshop. It was like the one day that Narav Patel and Ed Pierce were putting on. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but I'll go with you. And she's like, you don't know who those, these photographers are. And I'm like, I don't know who anyone is. Like, I'm just alone over here. <laughs> so, um, and that's when I just met the first people in the photography community. And then, as we all know, that exploded into many communities of friendships. And I went to um, 
definitely a few workshops and those some of those people I've met there are now my dearest friends and and it definitely shot my photography forward just being able to talk to other like-minded photographers and not just trying to like figure out YouTube video stuff um when I started, there was a lot more legalism, I would say, in photography. It was very much like, oh, you don't shoot this under 5.6, you know, aperture, and you don't do this. It was sort of this uh, transition into the newer style of photography. So it was cool to talk to people that were like, oh, I don't know. I just put settings and I just, you know, like, it looks fine. Like, I shoot like, yeah, I shoot at 1.2, whatever. Like, <laughs> just having fun with it. Or, oh, yeah, I shoot at F9 because I just want to and it's interesting. So, um but yeah, those first few years, I had to completely rely on first Craigslist. And then that's sort of what pushed me so hard into SEO in the beginning, because I just didn't have a network of people. And I'm not a networking kind of person. I'm much more introverted. That is like my personal nightmare is being in a room of people I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that's why I had to rely on things behind the computer that I could you know, do myself to market. Yeah. So when you were in LA, uh, what years was that, that you were sort of getting into photography? Because the question that I want to ask, which I usually save for later is, and you've kind of touched on it a little bit, what are some, well, first off, what, what years were you in, in LA? I'm just curious. I'm from Southern California. Originally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely, so for a lot of my twenties, I kept moving around every couple of years. So when I would circle back to, to LA, so I moved here, what is it now? like end of 2012. So I was there, um, that last stint from like 2008 to 2012. That was my last, like my last few years in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's about the time I got started, um, down there. So have you seen any trends then since you've gotten started sort of come and go through the photography world or even, even popping up right now as you see them, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Initially, when I entered, and maybe because I didn't know what was out there, everything seemed to be extremely bright and airy. It was kind of the days of Jose Villa, for sure, you know, and mm-hmm. um, he does beautiful work, but I, I think he was a pioneer in that. And so it went this really, really um, airy, kind of low contrast look. Mm-hmm. And then I think I entered and started to connect with other photographers when things got really dark and moody, you know, and just like, just my work got so like, it just went really to like bringing those blacks down. It was pretty, uh, um, yeah, just, and I think in, and a lot of people started to have kind of turned their eye to the Pacific Northwest because it was really producing that look with our lovely eight months of no sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then now I think the latest one I've seen, um, in the last year I've really pulled away from looking at anyone's work. It's just, and I think it's just mostly pulling away from social media. That's just been mm-hmm. a big thing um, for me in recent years. But then getting very, very warm. You know, the greens are much more desaturated and that things are very, very golden. Um, I'm also noticing a lot more nudity in a lot mm-hmm. of uh, couples sessions. Just cool. It's not really for me, but I, I appreciate sort of the really like breakout, like do what you want, like, whatever you like and kind of much more in your face and risky. I think it's cool. Um, it definitely makes me blush a little bit, but it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see people just really pushing into what they, yeah, what they see is, is beautiful or cool or, you know, an expression of 
humans together. And that can be really different. But that one was the most shocking. I was like, I did not expect to see this many booties on my Instagram, but mm-hmm. it's totally fine. It's great. Yeah. I wonder if coronavirus had anything to do with that, with just people being locked in. And, and then I, I've noticed a lot of like FaceTime, mm-hmm. even sessions, right? So it's like, well, what can we do to be creative and, you know, whatever you're already home. So doing stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah that's that interesting. Thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Huh, cool. So, so tell us about like before, before we get into like your journey in SEO, you've already mentioned it briefly for the person who's just like listening and have, and they have no clue what SEO is, which is, I feel like every day there's a photographer who's like, what is this? You know, or they're getting started or whatever. How would you explain what those three letters are and what they mean for someone who's just getting into it? Yeah, definitely. It's probably one of the biggest questions that's still asked because even I think if people have a little bit of an understanding, it it can go down what I kind of consider like kind of these weird paths of like then these questions of like, well, what are my keywords? And you know, that's like a, that's a that's a kind of a a, a wrong way to like ask that question because everyone's what they would love to target has a lot more nuance. So when I talk about SEO and the acronym being you know search engine optimization, and you're basically taking steps on your web website to optimize different parts of your website to target things that people are searching. So with Google and it's amazing. I, and I think you know we've we've been you know, internet babies for a long time. We've seen Ask Jeeves come and go, Yahoo come and go, Bing. Um, and Google has carved such a strong part of the market that they're now a verb. You Google something. That's an amazing thing for a brand to become part of our everyday language. And the way Google did that is their, their algorithm, basically how they decide what gets shown is the most trusted out there. I mean, I definitely know when I type in for like a recipe, if I'm looking for something to cook, or if I'm looking for, um, I don't know, healthy dog food options or whatnot, if I put it into Google, it not only understands just those words I'm searching, it understands my intent behind those those words. So if I type in donut shop near me, it's going to pull up that beautiful little map and it's going to show, you know, donuts right near me. And I'm going to love that because I want a donut. Um, Or if I search for recipes, it's going to show me all these nice articles for, for recipes that will basically help answer my question. And that's a wonderful thing that's developed more and more in search is this amazing algorithm that it not only understands, um, yeah, just the words and it was because for donut shops, maybe it'll show me just like a bunch of websites or something, but it really changes the results to, to best answer customer questions. So, so mainly I talk about Google when I'm talking about SEO so basically what we're trying to do is, is matching up that algorithm, sort of understanding what Google is looking for, and then taking steps to sort of match up, to kind of hit its checklist of things it's going to be looking for to put things on page one. Google is going to be very picky in particular, and it does have, it doesn't let us know it's it's rumored over 200 ranking factors. That's rumored. It keeps those things pretty, uh, you know, closed book. But there's a lot of SEOers out there testing and you know bringing forth kind of like this is what we're we're finding in our our research. So that's kind of what it's what it's talking about. We say optimizing. So um, and then we follow steps to be like, okay, I know these are the things that Google's looking for, and I'm going to make sure to do those things on my website, in whether it's on the back end or the or the front end. And then hopefully we can uh, 
match up. And my, my teaching presentations, I say it's a little bit like being on Tinder. You know, you're kind of, you got to swipe right on each of those optimization points. And then hopefully, you know, Google's going to match back with you. Interesting. So, so before we get into the weeds a little bit um, of SEO, how did you, you mentioned how you sort of had to learn it on your own maybe, or, or you sort of did it on your own. Uh, how did you get into SEO? Where did you start? What's your, what's your story in that world? Because, you know, I have, I have friends who do like SEO for, I don't know, like Honda. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and when I ask him questions, it's like, Oh no, 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 you were, we're different worlds here. You know, I'm working with Honda. You're a local business and I have no really, I don't even know how to help you is some of the answers I get from these people. Um, and so, you know, we're kind of forced to figure this out on our own, but, but what's your story in, in that journey, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point. There is not really a blanket SEO strategy for different industries. E-commerce is a whole other ball game. And, um, but for, for in local businesses being very different, you know, when I started, I had no idea what SEO was. And I actually started to snag up uh, some page one rankings without ever knowing that it was SEO. What I did is I just, you know, at home alone, eating my cup of noodle, not knowing any, any photographers or really anybody. I just like, I just remember one day opening up Google and just searching random keywords, you know, pro and wedding photographer, you know, just, I was just searching and I was looking at its suggested keywords. Sometimes as you start to, to type things in and I would look at the results on the first page and be like, okay, why are you on the first page? Why is this article? Why is this business on the first page? And so I sort of like reverse engineered um, a lot of my beginning knowledge in SEO and just sort of copied what Google seemed to already like and not plagiarize by any means, but be like, okay, I can see that they put this in their title. I can see that it has a lot of body text. I can see it loads pretty quickly. So I was able to dig out those things without ever reading an SEO article. And then once I started snagging, I started, I remember getting my first couple of page one rankings. And at first I was just going after venues, more lower competition keywords. Then I was like, oh crap, I better figure out what I did that is actually working because this, this is working and people are finding me and I started to get inquiries. So then I worked backwards and kind of filled out my knowledge of what I had gained um, from doing that with reading blog posts about SEO. And like you said, it's very difficult to find information. It's not only specific to small businesses, but to weddings to like really, it takes a lot to decode it. But because of the way I learned, I could pair what I was reading with what I was seeing in practice. And that made it a lot easier for me to apply it and also know what rules I can break. Also know when the advice of certain things online is not correct, or at least what I haven't found to be correct. So I was able then to do a lot of my own experimenting. And some of it definitely didn't work, but a lot of it did. And it wasn't something I read. I just went, huh, I have a hunch that if I create this piece of content, that potentially this could, this could pay off. Uh, so that's like kind of, yeah, the, the, the background I had and how I got here. What are, if you can remember, what are some of the things, and if you want to share, uh, what are some of the things that you did that didn't work that you knew and how did you know they didn't work? Um, I got better at, so Google search console, um, is available and it's even better now than gosh, when I started, it's actually pretty now and easy to understand (laughs) a lot easier to understand. So, and, um, so I was able to see, you can see little graphs and follow keywords and what 
what doesn't work, you know, lives on page 10, five, you know, doesn't, and doesn't go anywhere over time. I've even had things I've targeted now that have taken a few months to get to page one, but it's, I'm better now at reading that. So I went after uh, Golden Gate Park wedding. Golden Gate Park is huge. There's multiple like little gardens and stuff to get married or get you, to it, there. the San Francisco one. Is that mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And I was like, we'll see, this is going to be a little tricky. Mm-hmm. And there were, were no other, there were no other small businesses on the first page. It was all like the parks, you know, if it's .gov mm-hmm. or dot, they're, they're, they like can take over a front page for, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to watch that and I watched it, it tapered and then it did start to spike up and now it is on page one, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if you watch something else and you know, it's pretty like low competition or it should be kind of easy. And also most of what I did was just learning. Like I wasn't completely doing right. Or I would get some advice. Like there was advice years ago to just create all these pages for all these different locations, you know, like Santorini wedding photographer, Morocco wedding photographer, and just like go crazy, but then not build the page out to make it anything. Just copy, copy paste the pages. And I just heard it from like some other photographers were doing it. I think it was, Oh gosh. Um, Oh, I forget their name. Nordica, Nordica Photography was doing it and teaching on that. Uh, and yeah, most of those pages didn't go anywhere because um, they're not good content. They're not, hmm. they're not really saying anything. It's not really telling you how to get married in Santorini and give you lots of information and like example weddings. It's like no one's going to like that piece of content. If someone clicked on that page, I think even if it got to page one, it most likely would end up getting kicked off because it's just not good content. Hmm. So interesting. Uh, but it was an experiment, and mm-hmm. why not? And it doesn't. It didn't really. It didn't hurt anything. And then I, you know, I ended up redoing those pages once I learned more. Um, you know, and deleting out the ones where I'm like, okay, this is this is silly. Like I, I have, yeah. So and just cleaning up my site and, and things like that. So some things don't work. I've definitely, I started, I tried to target San Francisco city hall wedding. Um, and then later was like, Oh, that blog post needs to have like 3000 words and be a guide because San Francisco city hall, they have like 50 weddings a day. Mm-hmm. There's so much content. So, uh, so yeah, there's some, some ways that that didn't pan out. You know, that that's interesting. I mean, as an approach to SEO for someone just getting started, maybe, or, or trying to get on to a page, right. A number one page. Um, thinking of locations that aren't really that popular maybe, and then going after that, or maybe even holding a styled shoot there and then having some content to actually put up there. Um, clarifying some vocabulary for those of us born, I don't know, after or not. Um, those of us who never experienced the days of live journal in MySpace, I don't know if you ever did. Oh, I um, did. Yeah. Okay. So we actually had some like coding experience. You had to know how to do some coding and you had to know the vocabulary of of the internet and building things. But I, I feel like today it's so easy to just create something and not have to know anything really about how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say page, mm-hmm. what, what exactly do you mean by that? So yeah, it's kind of, and it sort of denotes it when you're even designing your website, you know, your home page, mm-hmm. you have pages like about me, more information, reviews, and then, um, and then blog posts, which are going to be within your, your, blog section so that's kind of like when i'm talking about those those separate things so are those are those separate blog posts are different from like a like a homepage or something like that or can blog posts themselves be the avenue by which uh, you get to number one i guess 
Mm-hmm. I would say that should be everyone's number one strategy mm-hmm. is blog posts. Cause like you said, you can, so say it probably, it really took me like uh, two or three years to get my homepage to page one for Portland wedding photographer. And the reason why a blog post wouldn't work is because when I, like I was talking earlier about searcher intent, when someone types in Portland wedding photographer, they're going to be looking for a business. They're not going to be looking for an article. If they type in how to get married in Portland, probably going to find more articles on that page one. But that took me like two or three years. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to get there. I was new. Uh, There was a lot of really established people on the first page. So I focused on blog posts first and went after things like different, like ranking for different venues. And that way, you know, if you have one blog post that ranks well, and it brings even two or three inquiries a year, but if you have 20 or 30 blog posts that rank well, you know, that's over a hundred inquiries a year and really easy to, to book out your year and can be so much easier while you're, you may be doing some work and waiting for your homepage to creep up um, for the local results. Uh, pretty much anyone can really take advantage of using their blog post well. And we all already spend like way too much time on a blog post. And then we like post it to socials and that's it, right? It's, it doesn't really... It potentially can't kind of just like dies down, but with SEO, it can bring work for, for the long term. So, um, so yeah, those are really there. They all follow a lot of the similar rules and guidelines for ranking, but how you target and kind of what you do, um, is different. And with blog posts, it can be a lot easier to start building an SEO strategy. And if you're building really quality blog posts, you're going to lift up the whole ranking factor for your site because Google is going to see that not only do you have like maybe two fine pieces of content, but you're consistently putting up like good pieces of content that are ranking and that people are interested in and are clicking through and um, not bouncing. And it's going to give more and more credibility to your website to have more great content built in through, um, yeah, through your blog posts. Right on. So I'm, I'm imagining a listener driving to their, to their day job, just like gripping the steering wheel because there's a question on their mind that they've been trying to answer, listening to millions of podcasts, podcast episodes on SEO. And I'd imagine them having a question on the homepage, like you just mentioned. Right. And, and you mentioned how, you know, it took yourself a few years just to even get to uh, your spot, knowing so much about SEO already. Um, so what are some tips for people who want to get that homepage to number one, right? For when they type in Los Angeles wedding photographer, mm-hmm. how do they get there? Yeah, I can give some, definitely some basic tips. Like you just brought up a great one, Los Angeles wedding photographer. Good luck. Cause Los Angeles is its own country. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. that is so competitive. So but let's even if so say you're more in like a mid-range city, so this will make it like slightly easier. Cause like New York and LA, when I work with clients there, we have to really like we gotta build a more more of a strategy. Yeah. Um but yeah, so if you're in a more mid-range city, so you'll kind of one, I would first look at the websites that are already on page one and how they look different than yours. What does their body text look like? What titles are included? So if you're thinking maybe of a keyword, so say Denver wedding photographer, how many times is it on their homepage? How do they talk about it? Um, just because that's such a way I learned, and I think it, it brings about so much more of a critical thinking to it than just the rules. Because um, a lot of times you pull out the little nuances of why Google is loving this website. The second thing you're definitely going to want to do to rank for your local keywords 
is setting up Google My Business, Yelp, like all every local listing you can find and make sure your address, your name and your address are literally like copy paste the same. Make sure your address is really, really the same. That helps Google line up your, your business location so that... Because one thing with us, although most of us work from home, the Google My Business is really made to work more for like donut shops, like businesses with locations. Because most businesses do have locations. So it's going to look up to like line up your, your name and address to confirm that you are actually, you know, in Denver. So that'll help. And then the next super big thing. And one thing I will say about SEO is SEO is a little bit like investing for your retirement. You know, you don't get to your retirement and just like throw a bunch of money in and then, you know, it's there. It's something you start on early and then it, it pays off exponentially once some time goes by. Mm. Um, so another thing, and I say that with, because this, this one thing is definitely annoying for everyone, but one of the most important things, especially if you have a new website. So my website now is like eight years old. Um, that means that Google's had eight years to check to make sure it's credible. Um, it's really gotten to learn my site. Brand new websites will have a very difficult time ranking right off the bat for their local keywords. But one of the biggest things you can do to add credibility and build strength is backlinks, which is features. So submitting to Green Wedding Shoes, Junebug, Wedding Chicks. You know, there's so many out there. There's for, for family sessions, for all that. Um, submitting and gaining backlink, back, back, backlinks, um, backlinks is going to help build credibility quickly for your website. And why that is, is because Green Wedding Shoes, all these sites, Google sees them as credible. So when you get a feature, it's basically like, huh, okay, well, I trust this website that's been around for, I mean, Green Wedding Shoes now has been around for what, 15, 20, it's been around for a, for a while. Um, it's like, okay, this website I really trust is basically giving you a little shout out like, hey, you know, this is a real business that has content that this, this, this website is linking to. And yeah, wow, cool. Then that's going to give you a, like a tick up on the kind of the credibility. So that's something if you go through, even if your website gains age, but you have no backlinks, it's just going to be, it's going to be so much harder to fight for page one. Page one is a competition. It is a race. There is, and you're basically running, you know, side to side with thousands of people. Uh, so it's kind of like you might be a runner for, you know, five, six years, but if you never go to the gym, then the person that goes to the gym is going to be stronger um, and is going to be more agile and things that they're going to beat you, even if you've been, you know, doing the same sport for the same amount of years. And that's the same thing kind of with SEO is you can't just let your website sit there. Uh, you have to do things actively, consistently, and over time that eventually, just like with an athlete, just like with investing, it's going to pay pay off. Uh, I think in the world of social media, and I catch myself, we can get a little more of a short term, um, like short term reward response. You know, because we see we post a photo, ooh, it got this many likes, and I, I catch myself. I'll like check it like every thirty minutes. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is not adding anything to my business to just like see how many more likes this has. I think the researchers have found that social media actually is it works the same way almost like a slot machine in our brains like gambling we like wait for that sort of payoff and what that does in our brains and why people can even be addicted to gambling and we are definitely a little bit addicted to social media 
is it can reinforce this part of our brain for short-term payoffs. And the thing with SEO is it helps to reroute, especially with practice, into long-term investing. And if you know if someone was going to ask me a financial strategy of whether you should go to the casino or whether you should put money in 401k, you should put money in your 401k. It's not sexy. It's going to take time. Um, but even with social media, those things can pay off, but they can be taken away. You know, your account can be taken down, you can get flagged, shadow banned, all those other things. Whereas, you know, SEO, if you you build it over time, it consistently works. Even during this COVID time, you know, my inquiries dropped off and now they're right back because people are searching for for photographers again. And even though they're for elopements and smaller weddings, uh, it's been great. You know, I had probably like six initial consults last week. And I was like, ah, oh, awesome, you know. Thank you. <laughs> I mm-hmm. kind of survived this time. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's a long, like my long explanations, which are the usual. Um, awesome. But yeah, that's kind of how I'd describe it. Yeah, interesting. So, so for the for the person getting started, okay, this might be a two parter. Um, let's say the person just getting started um, and they don't have anything yet. Should they do Squarespace, uh, WordPress? There, I mean, there's so many different different routes people can go, but those seem to be like the two big ones. Um, do you have any opinions on this, on that topic, I guess, as oh, far definitely. as SEO goes? Oh, definitely. Every person in SEO has lots of opinions <laughs> and mine are going to be a bit different than the standard pretty much overall in the SEO world. If you're talking to like all SEOers, like e-com and things that uh, WordPress is really going to be the way to go. The one thing I will say about WordPress, it is a little more difficult to use. It's a little easier to break things. The plugins can cause issues when they you know, need to update them or they can have bugs. So there's a little more going on. If you're down to kind of be like... Because you can build something pretty simple with WordPress right off the bat and it's gotten easier to use. Uh, it's going to have more... Uh, you'll be able to customize a lot more. And it's going to have a lot more of little extra best, like SEO bells and whistles, like with Yoast, you know, that kind of helps you out and things. So if you are, if you're not even like tech, but if you're kind of ready, like it might be a little more of a learning curve. WordPress is was where I would start. So actually I'm with Squarespace and I'm still with Squarespace. I didn't know in the beginning um, with that. And I've remained with Squarespace because I kind of wanted to show that Squarespace sites can be successful in SEO. I think there's a lot of opinions out there that they can't. And maybe in some fields they can. You know, Honda, like you brought up with your, you know, your friend's company, probably shouldn't have a Squarespace website because they have a very complicated website. But for our businesses, we have pretty simple websites. I mean, the like wedding blogs and recipe blogs, they blog like three times a day. Their websites are gigantic. <laughs> Ours could be a lot more simple. So if you really want something straightforward that you know you're not going to break it, uh, it's going to be super, super easy to use, you can definitely have success with Squarespace SEO, especially if you're going after you know, pretty simple keywords. Like Portland Wedding Photographer is a pretty simple keyword. Um, going after venues, you can build a really nice SEO strategy with Squarespace, or at least that's what I've seen in my experiments. And, and like I said, there's rules, but I, I really like to experiment and find where I can break the rules. And that is where I found uh, one of them. So if you start up with WordPress and you just cannot handle it, you know, Squarespace, you can have a lot of success there and it can be um, really easy to use. And you don't have you know, all these different plugins and things to, to worry about. It's going to be much more straightforward. So 
So when it comes to SEO, if you think you're going to go for something more com- like complex later, or if you really are, have a little more uh, like technological mind, I think it's amazing. But if man, if that's not you at all, Squarespace can be, can be just fine. You can definitely rank. That's that's super helpful and encouraging. I was going to ask that actually for the person who went with Squarespace. Um, is is it? A, are you able to to actually to rank? I guess because that's the whole goal with SEO, mm-hmm. um, and that's encouraging, um, especially because I have a Squarespace website. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of Squarespaces. I think they start there and then they start learning SEO down the road, and then they get scared because everyone's like, "Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you're Squarespace, so you'll never be able to rank." But I yeah. I I outrank. And it's not even that I do sort of well. Like I do outrank websites that I know are WordPress because if you're doing a lot of the investing, it's it's going it's going to pay off. You know, like it's if you can get really into investing and you want to go after individual stocks and do that research, sweet. But I kind of went with the Vanguard style. I know Vanguard's like an index; it's all mixed. It's easy investing and consistently, you know, does does well. It may again may not have all like the the sexy in it, but just kind of like, and maybe that's a terrible analogy, but, um, but yeah, if you are with Squarespace, you definitely have, have a shot. Um, if you do some work for sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, you brought up Vanguard, which is, I think it makes sense in my brain. Um, you can, you can, you can have amazing success very quick. It's like playing the slots, right? So you could have this crazy, um, crazy success all of a sudden, because of certain things you did, but one little plugin can ruin everything. I mean, I've, I've heard horror stories from people using WordPress from like, I don't know, 10 years ago, because that's all there was um, and just losing everything because um, they've, they've made a mistake, right? In the, in the coding and stuff or whatever. And they just screwed it all up mm-hmm. with Squarespace. It seems so easy to just click drag boom. And yeah, it might not be as you might not have all that freedom, which is leading into my next question here a little bit. Um, but at least it's easy. You're not going to lose everything, hopefully. Um, with Squarespace and and like the styles that they that they kind of give you, right? They kind of give you like here's a template that you can use. If a person changes that, like let's say every year, does that affect SEO or is it just the content in the headlines and the actual words themselves that matter? Yeah, and I've done some testing with this. What is nice about Squarespace is when even when you switch templates, it looks very different to you. But Squarespace keeps their code really clean and really organized. So when you're switching from one to another, it's going to still be pretty much the same website. Yeah, the biggest thing that you can do that may that may affect your SEO is like you said, changing the content. So you know, if you go from a template that has like a good amount of text on your homepage where you've been able to put in your keyword and talk about where you're located and what you do, and you switch to a template that has no text, that's probably going to hurt you SEO-wise because Google needs to read what's what's on your website and what it's about. But yeah, my last uh, template switch that I did, because I was like, I need more text and it needs to be more dynamic. I want people to be able to find content easier. My my overall rankings and traffic went up by like 20% and my bounce rate came down by 20%. I think a lot of people were coming to my homepage probably more on the phone and it just wasn't as usable. So actually switching my template really helped. But I think the the factors were I was able to add more text. I was able to make it way easier to use um, and way more mobile friendly with this new template. And that overall really, really helped me out SEO wise because it showed that customers really liked my new website and were sticking around a lot longer. 
So it actually gave me a, a bit of a boost. So, so yeah, you're pretty safe to switch because it isn't like switching with WordPress where if you switch from like Clothings to Profoto, you're putting in a whole new system um, with a lot of, yeah, a lot of, you know, they have a lot of modules and, and things that can slow, slow your site down. Possibly not too. I've seen some fast um, flow themes for sure. But with Squarespace, it is just, it's a little bit more, you know, you're, you're kind of using the same sort of uh, shape. You're just sort of molding it, molding it a little differently. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's super helpful and encouraging. I think that's a very valuable. Um, okay. Let's, let's think about uh, that photographer got the Squarespace. They are now, they're in need of content to put on it. Um, and let's say the whole goal here is to focus on a location, right? So Portland wedding photographer, let's say they're in, I don't know, Spokane, right? Spokane, Washington. Um, should they put that word Spokane? I think that's how you pronounce it. I know it's like a weird thing. Spokane. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everyone in Washington is like out of here. I'm yeah, here. done. No, oh my gosh. I know, nobody, think he is? Like, nobody lives in Spokane except okay. for like my, my friend Larkin. So it's real easy then to, yeah, to so make. Yeah, it's fine. It's probably an offense. Yeah, right. It's yeah. Not, probably would be. So, yeah. so let's say Spokane for wedding photographers are, sh- should they put that word in there? Like just all over the homepage? Like Spokane, 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 Spokane. And every time you're scrolling, different sizes, heading three, heading one, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or should it just be... How would you suggest actually doing that and using the location terms? Totally. Um, I'd lo- love to start first, almost like go a couple steps back. Mm-hmm. Like definitely focusing on, focus, yeah, focus on location. But I always like to ask why. Why are we focusing on location first? And it's because often search for customer or uh, customers search for businesses in specific locations. It could be, you know, Chinese restaurant, Spokane. You know, that's the same thing. Wedding photographer, Spokane. So I always just want to go back to the why so people don't just jump right to the, oh, I just need to put my city, you know, kind of all over. But like thinking a little bit about what people are searching in, in your area. Um, so yeah, when it comes to Spokane, I'll say Spokane. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's dude. all your fault. How do we know? How do we even know? <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, Spokane, wedding photographer. The way I would approach it is think about that Google. So if Google comes to your website and that information isn't anywhere on there, there's no way for them to tell that you're in Spokane. So you should add that so that it's, it helps Google understand that that's what where your business is and then what your services you provide. So Spokane Wedding Photographer. So it is good to mention that in your website title because you are a wedding photographer in Spokane. You know, put it in your meta description, put it in your body text naturally. It's not about like that's it's an old practice of keyword stuffing. So it's not about like the amount of times it's like on your homepage. Do it more naturally, just keeping in mind that you just want to give you like let Google know, like, hey, this is what my business is about, and this is where I am located. And it's also helpful for your customers too when they're searching and they're like, oh great, yeah, this is the business I'm I'm looking for. So yeah, definitely don't splash it all over. It's gonna look spammy. Um, more and more too with the Google updates, it's much more about semantic searching. So Google understands when keywords are sort of written. So say, because I've had people ask, do I put in Spokane wedding photographer? Do I put in Spokane wedding photography? Do I put in wedding photography in Spokane? That doesn't matter. Google understands that those are the customer intent is all looking for the same thing with those, with those keywords. Mm. So um, yeah, talk about it naturally on your website and on your homepage and, and really 
don't put Spokane wedding photographer at the end of every single blog post and every single page. That's just, just your, just your homepage. Um, yeah. Talk about your location and your specialty. And then, um, yeah, I will help Google understand that that's what your business is about. And thus being one of the things that will help it connect to, to ranking you. Right on. Sorry. There's like a crash truck in my alley back there. Oh, nice. <laughs> I hope you didn't hear that. Um, so thinking about Squarespace again, I hope this question is okay. I hope it's okay that I'm like throwing these at you because I'm just thinking as someone driving right to work and they just want to get out of their day job. Right. Um, and they're just like, I can't wait to get home and just like beef up my website. And they're thinking, Oh yeah. Whenever I do a blog post on Squarespace, you always have those tags and then, uh, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll offer you like keywords at the bottom. Should they just blow that up or, or what, what are your suggestions on that? No. I hate the way Squarespace has presented tags. Tags are not keywords. (laughs) They make it look like that. And I think we get confused with them. And I've just been, I've literally put in the request for them to change kind of their blog post about it because I'm like, I really think this is misleading for people. So tags, I think we've, we've kind of confused with hashtags and they do act the same way. You're grouping information. But every time you put in a new tag, you create a new page on your website. And in Squarespace, you can't... So in WordPress, you can edit your tag pages. In Squarespace, they're low-content pages. So I've seen photographers that have created two, 300 like, low-quality pages by putting in all of these tags. And um, they used to have them automatically no-index, so Google didn't look at them. And then they're just like requests from some industry for having them indexed. And like everyone, everyone in their search console went from like having like 20, 30, 40 pages to like 300. And it was wow. just, it was nuts. And that can totally affect your rankings because now Google's like, oh, wow, you just, you just throw up a bunch of like spammy, low quality pages. Yeah. So keep that in mind as you add tags, you are creating a new page. And if you're in WordPress, tags can be great because you can actually, you can edit that tag page. So you can tag everything, you know, maybe like, if you're, so say, you know, you're in um, San Francisco, but you do want to target Big Sur, you could tag those weddings, Big Sur wedding photography, edit that page to make it really nice. And it will automatically pull all your new content for Big Sur. That's awesome. But if you're putting it into like adding keywords, it's, it's not going to help you there. It can really hurt you. So be, especially be careful with that with, with Squarespace. Um, I oftentimes don't put any tags. So basically the general rule is, don't put a tag unless it's for organizational purposes. So, and keep them very, very minimal. So I have one that's tagged elopements and in Squarespace that, um, that will pull over. I have like a, a summary that you can pull and then I click, uh, blog, the blog and I click that tag. So that way, anytime I blog a new elopement, it's automatically pulling into my elopement pages that are targeting certain areas. So that's when, so with, if it doesn't have a specific use, don't put those in to rank as keywords. It's more for organization. And just keep in mind, you are, could be really kind of messing up your site. Good news is you can do the bulk editor and take out the tags that you're not using. And that'll, that'll fix, that'll fix things up. So I was going to ask a question about that. I think you just answered that. So we can actually go back and, and sort of edit those. Um, Let's say someone, I don't know. Uh, and this was kind of based on the idea that you couldn't be able to edit those. Uh, let's say someone has a, has a, a blog post that's doing pretty well. Let's say it's on page two. I don't know. It's like they're trying to get to one, but they're noticing maybe these tags or, or, or something is messing it up. 
should they, and this, I probably know the answer to this, should they copy and paste that into a new blog post and just erase that page? Okay. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, so your, the, the way URLs, to put it simply, work on your website, a mm-hmm. URL, like we, we call that like a web address, right? That is an address. So if you take that content and move it over to like a different house, basically, you're basically changing the location. Google's like, where'd it go? This blog post has existed for a while. That's I've like watched it. And now it's, this is like over here. So without doing to get too nerdy, like proper, like 301 redirects, just go ahead and fix up that blog post. Mm. You can always fix, fix blog posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, careful again, changing URLs. Cause if you do change it, you can break your links. Cause again, Google's like, well, I tried to basically send you a letter and the address is wrong. Now I got it back returned mm-hmm. to sender. So um, but you can fix up a lot of things in a blog post. You can take the tags out, add more body text, things like that to, to help maybe hopefully bump it up to, to page one. Right on. That's super helpful. Cool. Um, so thinking about person working with SEO, are there any tools that you know of that are really helpful and things that you can just shoot at us so we can go and sort of like begin that journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the easiest places to start is there, if you have an iPhone, there is an app called Rank Tracker. uh, And you can put in your website, I think for free, you can watch up to like five keywords, but it's not that much a month. I think it's like 12 bucks for the year or something or not much for the year. And then you can use put like unlimited keywords. I have like 200 keywords in there just because me. Uh, But it's a really easy way to watch rankings. The second level to that would be to set up, and you should definitely move forward with setting this up. Everyone should is is Google Search Console. It's going to be a little more geeky. I would definitely see if you can find some good YouTube. Just kind of walk walk you through it because it's a little confusing at first. But that's going to be a much more detailed way to check your rankings and different performance levels. If there's like errors on pages and and things like that, uh, Google Search Console can be an amazing amazing tool. And uh, also using another, any sort of, then there's, there's, oh gosh, my dog. Hi, right honey. On. Hi, honey. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's different ways to check how fast your website loads. One of the ones I do mention to people is to use Pingdom speed tests. So P-I-N-G-D-O-M. And you can put in your website, you put on your blog post and just check how fast it's loading. They really should load under five seconds. Uh, and just making sure, I mean, as photographers and many wedding industry um, people, we're, we kind of just throw Im- images into our site, not watching their size, and we can be kind of bogging down our website. So those are the three things that I would point people in the direction of. And that way, they can start checking their rankings and also just make sure that their loading times aren't holding them back. Right on. That's super helpful. I'll throw those links in the show notes cool. uh, for people. Um, you, you mentioned third-party sites to sort of help you. So like Google My Business um, or Yelp and things like that. Um, Are there any others that people could just like go over real easily, create a Yelp account or Google My Business? It's going to depend per area a little bit and also what country you're in for sure. Because TripAdvisor is, I think, a much more uh, like much more popular than Yelp as, Hmm. you know, that there's pretty... And what you'll want to do is just Google the local keyword that you would like to rank for, like Portland wedding photographer, 
our favorite Spokane. Just kidding. Now I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Spokane Wedding Photographer and see what local directories pop up, mm-hmm. whether it's yeah, Wedding Wire or different ones. And you don't have to do paid accounts. Paid accounts aren't, aren't going to help you. Google knows it's a paid account. Mm-hmm. But free directory listings are just... The, I would get, a, get on as many as you can can find. Why not? They're free. Make sure you got your name, address, and phone number all matches up between them. And yeah, it's just going to help Google understand. Because you know, when anyone starts a business, that's what they do. Like start a restaurant. Oh, like, okay, I make my Yelp. I do that. And so Google knows that as people are establishing a business, that they are going to add to local directories. And it just helps them understand yeah, where you are and yeah, that you're a legit business. And I'd recommend too getting reviews on those, especially on Google My Business, but on a, on a few of the local directories as as well. Again, Google's going to be looking and seeing that it basically gives Google a heads up that real people are confirming that they've used your services and are happy with your services. So, so question about that. Um, let's say someone lives in Hillsboro, but they want they, they do all their work in Portland. Okay. And they want to show up for Portland wedding photographer and they don't have an address in Portland. It's in Hillsboro, but it's still, I don't know, Portland to everyone else in the world. Um, should they get a PO box? Is there hacks on that? Like, will Google say, and you don't live in Portland, you live in Hillsboro. So I'm going to keep you down here. And what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, pretty much 99%. I am no spam, no tricks, except for Google my business a little bit because we're home-based businesses and it's, Mm -hmm kind of got to play its game. What I usually recommend is if you have... So you can't do PO boxes because that's not a real business, right? A, a donut shop doesn't exist in a PO box. I mean, maybe that'd be cool. Maybe that's what we need to invent. Uh, I usually recommend either... you know, If your friend has a creative office space, if your friend lives in one of... you know, Like maybe one of the bigger... Like apartment buildings downtown, things like that. I think when it's when it's people's homes, you know, say you just have a house, people can be a little uncomfortable putting their actual address. But when you put in these these larger buildings of apartments, you can afterwards just remove the apartment number, and that way you have a downtown address. You are it looks like you're a business in downtown Portland because you technically are, and no one's driving to your place, or you know, it's not what people are doing. But you have a good shot of showing up in the local pack. So when I've worked with my SEO clients, that's often what we'll do is we'll find a friend or somebody who either lives downtown uh, or is like renting a creative office space or something like that. And because all they need to do is basically Google just sends a postcard with a code. And your friend just lets you know the code confirmed. You have the address and yeah, it can right. well. Mm-hmm. And you can hide your address too, right? Um, so no one can see it? I Yeah, you can. I'm not sure... Huh. And I know they've changed things since I first first did it. If you can hide it and still... Because the thing with hiding it... Because you know the way the local pack shows, it actually is a map mm-hmm. like of the location. I'm just... I get a little worried if people hide it, then they won't be in that local pack. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So if you... And I've, I've had SEO clients who who aren't comfortable shopping their home address and kind of doing that same thing as finding, finding someone. Um, someone else, or I know you can move the pin so that it's across streets. Uh, I've had a few clients do that, but it's a little bit tricky. And it's been a couple years since I've like created a a brand new one. And I know, yeah, yeah, there's a couple um, newer steps. I get a little nervous and I think now you can select like home-based business Hmm. and then it might hide your address. But again, I'm not sure if that will hold you back from showing in that local pack. 
which, which can be really helpful. I know you're busy. So I'm just going to ask a few more thinking about Google, my business, should someone be posting regularly? Like, I don't know, like it's a blog post. Does that actually help your SEO or is Google Uh, not open about that stuff? So, so I think you probably remember Google plus that Mm -hmm. came out and then went away. Yeah. And Google plus used to be connected to like authorship. So you would get like a little photo, like a headshot photo next to your blog post. I worked so hard and then they just shut down yeah. Google Plus. Uh, I don't post much on my Google business page. I bet it wouldn't hurt for sure. It's not something that I remember to do, but I got a little, I think when I got a little burned when I was working on that Google Plus page and then they just like, right on. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it might be worth worth an experiment, especially if you're mm. newer and, and building up to, to show that you're active on your Google business page. I mean, Google loves Google. And it's gonna love Google products, so anything you're you're doing to interact with it will probably uh, you know it can't hurt you. <laughs> right on. How about like AdWords? Does that support SEO at all? Do you suggest someone creating a little ad or something? It's not the route I went. I know that there have, I think there are SEO strategies where AdWords is part of that strategy. It's not something that I'm super knowledgeable on personally. I went full organic rankings. But for some people, I've, I have friends who I've known who have hired like someone to do SEO for them, like a, like a SEO or like, I'm more of an SEO strategist for small businesses. I'm not fully because there's like so much of the tech side of SEO or people who really work with WordPress, or who can code and, uh, and that's not my world. I'm not really happy there. I like strategy and, you know, kind of like figuring out things that are easy for small businesses to do, like they can implement today. Um, the AdWords is something that I haven't played around with in terms of connecting to rankings, but not to say that it doesn't have validity. I've definitely seen some people uh, try to try that out because I can see their ads, you know, and I'm like, oh, I know that person is working with an SEO or and I see the ad now. Um, but I haven't done a lot, a ton of reading up on it, but it may be worth an experiment. I'm all about experimenting and trying yeah. things out. And if people thought, if, uh, if you want to try out, I mean, you can truly Google, you know, AdWords for, for local ranking SEO. And I bet there's tons of YouTube videos and stuff to test things out. Right on. Um, one of the things that drew me to you so quickly was not just your awesome photography, but you have, you, you have to explain it to us. SEO is fun. Can you just describe to us all about this for those of us who have a million other questions and we want to know more um, tell us about SEO is fun. And then, uh, yeah. So just tell us about that first. Yeah, totally. Yeah. My goal with it, when I started, uh, becoming an educator, which is even like, it's just weird. It would kind of, you just happened. I don't think there was many people teaching on SEO and, but I was like, okay, I want to create like a website, kind of like a landing page for it and a brand, you know, for an, in, for, for Instagram and such. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to really do something that was complete opposite than anything SEO I had seen out there when it came to branding. So yeah, I went with SEO is fun. Um, I think that's something that people mostly think SEO is boring or it's scary. You know, yeah, it's scary that they're never going to be able to learn it. They don't even know Mm -hmm. if they're doing it right. You know, they could work and someone truly could be trying to do SEO for like one or two years and be kind of like off the path, you know, and kind of leading themselves astray. Mm -hmm. So that's why creating SEO is fun. And the, basically the thing was I took everything that I wish I would have known that took me, you know, two to three years of experimenting and doing wrong and doing right. And just boiled it. I wanted to boil it all down into just like a quick start. You know, if you don't know anything about SEO, you 
really need some handholding. That's what, um, why I created it. And it's definitely like, I wish I would have had it like those years. It would have saved me a lot of time to just be able to take, you know, one or two days and like have a good direction and know that what I'm doing is, is correct. So yeah. And then I was very fortunate to teach, uh, once with India Earl and she saw me teach and was like, Hey, I'm doing this education platform. Would you love to join? And then, then it was able to transfer from, cause I was doing probably like, Oh, like two or three one-on-ones every week. And it was like, I had a backlog of a wait list and I couldn't get to anyone and everyone. And I felt bad, but I just, you know, I felt that I was repeating a lot of this, the same information and guidance. And I'm like, huh, okay, that could work really well to just boil it all into an online class. People can follow along with the steps. And that way no one has to wait for like me directly. Cause you don't need me. Uh, you can totally follow along with, with the video teachings and I share the back end of everything. So if I, uh, you know, you're confused on headings or SEO settings, Yoast, things like that, we, I do a ton of screen sharing to walk, walk people through it. So yeah, that was kind of my vision behind SEO spot is I just didn't want other people to have to learn it the way I did if they didn't need to. I know as business owners, we are like everyone. We're like, owner, the marketer, a lot of times our accountant, our tax person, our social media manager. We we just so much on our plate that if people can get a quick start with this and know they're doing it right, then they can focus on, you know, all the parts of of their business and, you know, not feel feel lost in waste waste hours. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll include that link too. Make sure uh people get a chance to check that out if they're interested in SEO more. Um one last question because it came up as you were you were talking about it. Um, what are some mistakes that you see people making that are pretty common in the wedding photography SEO world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest one I see is is keyword stuffing for sure. You know, like I mentioned, like putting Spokane wedding photographer at the end of like every blog post, or you know, seeing blog post pi- titles like adventurous destination mountain wedding in Colorado, Santorini wedding photographer. I mean, that's a really extreme example, but just like putting so much in there. Um, you know, so really just focusing in your, your keywords. I think people, especially since there's so many newer photographers, just understanding that SEO is going to take time, especially if you have a brand new website. So even if you follow all, every SEO rule right now and implement it all on your website, just because you're not ranking doesn't mean that you're not doing well, it's just going to take Google time to know your website. So I hear a lot of people like frustrated. I'm like, just give it, give it a little time, you know, give it a little time while, while Google gets to know your site. And then, yeah. And then really not having Google my business set up. I see that a lot or, or like stretching the coverage area to like the entire United States or the entire state. Like, you know, like, cover. <laughs> don't do that. It's again, it's, it's, it's a donut That's shop. A it's, it doesn't like ex- no, a donut <laughs> shop doesn't exist in the whole state. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta like, you gotta zero in right um, with that. But yeah, I think that would be, that would be some, some points. I mean, there's definitely a lot of yeah. mistakes that can be made, but cool. um, there's some, some bigger ones. Super helpful. I can't thank you enough for, for spending time and, and talking us through getting started thinking about SEO. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Where are some areas that we can interact with you best um, online? Maybe. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, Instagram is a lot of people's go to I'm uh, at Catalina Jean or go to at SEO is fun on Instagram. There's also a lot more free tips. I have 
some Instagram lives that are recorded and put into the IGTV on there if you would like to check that out. So that's kind of where I mainly live when it comes to to interactions. Awesome. Thank you so much, Catalina. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so great to be on.